Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends, and welcome to JCB Live Happy Hour. Today, we have the honorary visit of the Emeritus, living legend, one of the most amazing sommeliers, ranked as the best sommelier in Sonoma County and in California and among the United States. His pedigree is wide. He's been on every TV channel you can imagine from CBS, ABC, CNN, even Fox News because of wine. He is Mr. Knowledge. I've gotten to know him for many, many years. He's an encyclopedia. Any question you have, you ask the famous Chris Sire. So we're delighted as well that he's with us today, that he came from his beloved Sonoma region to be here with JCB Live. So Chris, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. So, so good to, to see you. you. Oh my gosh. You know, uh, what a pleasure to be here coming over to Napa Valley once again, where I call my home away from home in Sonoma County. We're very close. Um, and, uh, you know, for you and I, we've, we've been great pals for 20 plus years. 20 years. And, um, you know, I, I got to even meet him when he came over and he didn't own any wineries. He just came over because of his love and passion for great California wines. So um, it's, a real, it's a real charm to be here with you today. And dear friends, I had to learn so much. Thanks to Chris. He is Mr. Appellation of Sonoma. So Chris, yes. tell us what's happening in 2023 because it's a big deal. You yeah. were at the beginning of it yeah. and now you're seeing the outcome of it. Yeah, well, uh, 2023 will be an anniversary for many appellations, not only in Sonoma County and Napa, but uh, the West Coast in general. There were 19 appellations that were founded or granted by the, the government in 1983. So that will be an anniversary coming up in a couple years. And that's why I was super excited to talk about some of these wines today and why I kind of, you and me, kind of uh, custom picked these just because there's some good things to talk about here. And about this year as well, we've got a lot to talk about today. Well, and look, 1983, <laughs> Mrs. Deloach was yeah. on the board to really create that Russian River appellation. That is know. correct. So, And this is where we met. Yes, exactly. So. In uh, 2003, when Jean-Charles um, purchased, and the family purchased, this amazing winery uh, called Deloach. Uh, I grew up in, in the Appalachian of Russian River Valley, which was granted in 1983. Uh, that was when I started high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if that gives you some uh, idea of my... A man age. of great experience. Uh, yeah, um, was listening to number one song that year, just by the way. The police, every breath you take. Just so you know, every if you ever get uh, win a lot of money on a trivia contest because of that, don't forget about the two of us in this <laughs> show right now. Um, Eighty percent goes to Chris. Yeah. I kissed one of my first charming lady on that music. Yeah, very popular because we have the same year, so we yeah. we have the same song reference. Exactly. So you know, uh, back then, let's go back to 1983 and what was happening here in California. Um, it didn't look like this, um, to be really honest, where we're at here in Napa Valley. This was uh, so many orchards out here, and, and there was still a lot of wild, you know, like, you know, like cows and sheep and everything that was all over the place. These, a lot of these new um, kinds of places, establishments, weren't here yet. Raymond was, as we know, uh, was one of those. And I was lucky enough that my mom loved wine and her and her friends would come over, drive over the hill, Marquess Springs Road. And we, I grew up kind of in Russian River Valley, the kind of higher part of Russian River Valley, Wikiup, 
Larkfield, that kind of area. And we would come over here and I would be the only kid in the car and I would be going to like the seven wineries that were open to the public. <laughs> that was it back then. Were you, you guys, able to have a sip? Uh, I was not, but I was certainly watching my mom and her, her friends um, have sips often. Uh, but it was a fun time and when I think about you know how this whole area has changed not only Napa but Sonoma County Northern California in general I mean and I think that's why you know when uh, Wine Business Monthly asked me to write that series on yes. 1983 and that was back in 2013 when everyone was turning you know that was a big anniversary for, for everyone sure. uh, we get to celebrate this every five years well I celebrate it every day but um, and which is amazing <laughs> it's about the map of the future the map yeah. defining the Appalachian and Chris and I always had that great discussion as He is a phenomenal sommelier, and we reflect always on Burgundy, where the map started in the 11th century, Absolutely. 12th century. It's been eight centuries ago that we really refine the map and the yeah. vineyard designate. In Sonoma, it's really the beginning, but you've helped yeah. craft where it is today. Yeah, you know, Sonoma, Sonoma County that year in 1983 had six Appalachians made. Really interesting. That was the most ever made in one year, 19, just on the West Coast um, at that time. And also there were six. So it goes um, Carneros, the yeah. Great Carneros, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, also Russian River, Green Valley, um, uh, Chalk, Hill, Chalk Hill, Dry Creek, and... Another one that we're going to talk about in a few minutes called the North Coast Appalachian. They were all in 1983. Isn't that crazy right. that that one year is so big? No one knew how big it would be back then, but here we are talking about Russian River and all these kinds of things like nobody's business. It wasn't like that back then. It was very, very different. It's and exciting things happened. to, to yeah. witness the yeah. pioneering of a region. Yeah. And, and before even we start on this wine, do you remember the first tour we did? I together. Do. I, I do. meet dear friends Chris, who was writing for WineX magazine. Very he was cutting edge. <laughs> writing the magazine, which was all about, you know, that younger generation getting into wine. And then he says, Jean Charles, those wines make me think of great candies. What about if we do a whole tasting around candies? And what happened? Well, we did jelly beans um, and these pairings way back then in the mid 90s uh, and into the late 90s when we really started becoming really good friends and you're yeah. you're bringing the Boisse uh, wines over to the United States That's and right. he was over here a little bit more than than um, he was in the past and he started looking at some properties too so this was all kind of going down on the side but we had so much fun doing these kinds of things at these what we would call wine raves. Um, and that, this was very fashionable back then. And if you guys look up Wine X Magazine, you will find some very, very interesting things about this magazine. Jason Priestley, if you ever saw 90120, that was one of our owners. And all these things that we were doing back then with Tori Amos on the cover or Moby or whoever it was, it wasn't just about a bottle of wine. It was about, you know, entertainers and, uh, you know, great musicians. We need it back, in fact. It yeah, fits I, so well. There's never been anything done like it. That well, means, you got to restart it again now. We, we might just do that. Can we have soon. a toast to this? Indeed. Now indeed. you are on film. Uh -huh. He committed to it. Yeah. 
Got it. We'll actually, call Jason Priestley because we know him well. He loves yeah. wine. Actually, I do know who yeah. owns it, and it's in Texas, and they are they are putting it out there, so you can look up Wine X Magazine. But it's uh, getting them to do those kinds of wine raves again. Yeah. That would be fun. We're not going to do it uh, anytime in the next uh, few months because of our situation right now. Yeah. But um, you know, just being here with you and telling these kinds of fun stories that not many people know about, especially how you and I met. Well, be, over before we beans. get there, so well, yeah, thanks. explain how we were doing the jelly beans because I think that was over a few wines I did not know so well, yeah. including the Zinfandel. Yeah, I mean, when you get into licorice and these kinds of flavors, um, you know, we can talk about it, you can think about it, but sometimes putting it in your mouth is a really good idea to get that kind of example. Talking about the mouth. Yeah, so I mean, here we've got a great um, Chardonnay to, to begin with. You know, it smells like apples, smells like uh, pears, it smells really good. Like pears or Paris? Because I know you like to go Paris too. Both. Mm. <laughs> pears in Paris. Mm. But now, you know, Chris has an amazing mm. history. Sommelier with the Getty family in San Francisco, and then some unusual encounters. Yeah. Well, I, I you know. You're going to tell us about well, this. Well, also, I, I worked with uh, John Lasseter for 20 years. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I know you, you're a great friend of, of John's course. as well, and I've been lucky enough to. To follow him, if you, you know, don't know who he is, with, founder of with Pixar, Pixar and, and what he how he started that company with Steve Jobs and and all the great things and you know the great movies, uh, Cars, um, uh, Toy Story, Wall-E, The Incredibles, yeah. all these kinds of things that he has done through the years. But also, um, Mikhail Gorbachev was uh, one of the people. Gorbachev, that I got, yes! They got to do some amazing stuff with as well. Not uh, just drinking vodka with him, but wine too. Wine. Uh, from the Russian River. Yeah, well, no, actually, this was no. from Sonoma Mountain, just over the hill here. And it was um, at, uh, back then, it was the Moon Mountain uh, Winery before the Appalachian Moon Mountain started. Well, tell, tell, yeah. you're going to tell us. How well, did you. I don't well, even know it's, the story. it's a very, very interesting story. He was there, um, and there was a group that had really wanted to do a dinner with uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, the great Mikhail Gorbachev from Russia, uh, really one of the biggest, uh, uh, you know, global impact people that we will ever know in our lifetime. And Who pushed for the wall of Berlin to fall, as we all know. Yeah. With Mr. Reagan pushing on the yep, back end. Yep. So back in the 80s. Uh, not building walls, but yeah. taking walls down. So this, really was, in, this was in the uh, uh, late 90s uh, that I got to go to this dinner and be his uh, you know, server at the, the main table, the sommelier for that head table. And there was a group there, um, fantastic dinner, and he was really asking me some very interesting questions really? about wine. He was very intrigued. and They call me the sommelier to the stars. That's my kind of code name. Um, it kind of goes back a long ways how that kind of came about with uh, becoming the first ever sommelier for a film festival in the world uh, back with the Sonoma International Film Festival uh, back about 18 years yeah. ago and uh, it was really interesting to have him there asking me all these questions because you know I might not know everything about the globe like he does but I do know a lot about wine and I'm here to help <laughs> and so this was a great thing so everyone leaves in this party except for him and his uh, security and uh, one of the security guys comes back up and says, oh my gosh, uh, you guys, I just found whiskey down here. And so they all take off downstairs. American whiskey. Leaving me and Mikkel just by ourselves. And it was like, 
What an amazing thing. So you're thing. having a tete-a-tete with tete-a-tete, Michael tete-a-tete, Yeah, um, talking about Cabernet Franc and the joys of Cabernet Franc and how it came over to America and how it is the, um, you know, the father of Cabernet Sauvignon crossed with uh, Sauvignon Blanc. That's why we call it Cabernet Sauvignon is those two things came together and how its history goes back to, you know, Joan of Arc drinking this um, wines made with That's this right. grape a thousand years before us. Um, so very very interesting stuff he was blown away gave me a call um soon thereafter and i worked with him on some projects um and it was fantastic wow so exciting wonderful time doing so that. he drank wine not just vodka right correct he was known to have a good elbow yeah working well going you, upwards right yes exactly so really great story there but you know it doesn't matter if it's just someone that's getting to know wine or a great you know a world figure like that I treat them all the same. That's you know, right. wine, there are things about wines that will, people will fall in love with. It's finding the right kinds of connections there between them and the wines. And if I'm that, I'm, I'm glad to be there for them. Yeah. Well, and another family, as we're drinking this marvelous estate, the Loge, Indeed. Uh, that is very local. Mm-hmm. Bill Oil, Big Oil Magnet, the Getty family, you were for eight years. Yeah, I worked family. for eight years. Um, I remember you know, there's a lot of great things that we did. I will say this about Gordon and Getty, um, the best philanthropists I will ever know. I mean, yeah. they, it was every week. <laughs> there were three things a week yeah. that we were doing, raising money for great, you know, if it's keeping the opera going in San Francisco or a great environmental concern agencies or uh, political, um, you know, uh, yeah. figures or whoever it was raising money, they were doing it and they were giving up their house often for this. Yeah. And there were certain things, you know, of private uh, things. We, we had the um, world's first cellos, uh, three of them, and they were worth, I believe, $33 million, these three instruments. And to hear them played there, and I mean, the, the security was crazy um, that night. I mean, because these are the most expensive, you know, uh, three of the most expensive uh, musical and instruments in the world. Jacket. They were amazing. So, you know, you have all these kinds of interesting stories, but, you know, I just, I, I think that was really his love for music, you know, yes. Gordon, and there's a whole documentary on Gordon Getty's love for music, if you can find it. And love it. of wine, obviously, yeah. he's invested in wine. Yeah, ways. so, but he has such a great, um, uh, you know, such an amazing seller that I got to work with, too, and uh, Chef Jennifer was from Chez Panisse, and then yeah. so her and I had to taste things together to make sure that they were right, that there was no, um, you know, poisons in these things. No, not, not like the Kings, but they were all good wines. Uh, but, you know, really going back through Hope Briands and things and just having tastes like from the 50s Hope Briand Blancs, you know, and things like that that you would never taste. And, you know, probably another good one too is Robert Parker's um, 20 year anniversary mm. of the wine advocate that we did and we hosted. And to be really honest, he brought his top 100 wines, 10 top 100 wines, um, and that were 100 points. And um, it was an amazing luncheon. Um, and I will still say that people ask me what my favorite wine in the world has been. And I, I got to say the Grange, uh, 76 Grange. Um, really? Yeah, because, you know, for the other wines that were there on that table, uh, that 76 Grange still tasted young. 
huh. and it was the oldest wine. And so there's just something about that. So what makes an amazing wine like this so memorable to you? I think it's just how it stays in you and how, especially with some age on it. And we talk, you and I talk about mm -hmm. aging wines a lot. And I hope you guys are, you know, that's why we buy multitudes of wines. Like you can, there's wines that are really meant to drink young. And there's ones that really have that longevity written all over them. And I feel like this is a great example of especially that that wine. You know, another one right here from Napa Valley, obviously, is the Stag Sleep Wine Cellars. Um, wine that won, uh, you know, the won the Paris tasting, the Judgment of Paris, the famous 1976 tasting. We did uh, um, the Flavor Napa Valley where I was the wine coordinator uh, for that for three years. And that was a great thrill. And you were part of that as well. But you know, one year we this was um, uh, four years ago because that was the anniversary, the 40-year anniversary of the Paris tasting, and we did a seminar with me and, and Chateau Montalena and Stegsleep Wine Cellars winemakers, and it was the three of us. And that night we did a dinner and where we brought in your wine. You did the bubbles for yep. that wine um, dinner. And then we did. You some, always need bubbles. Yeah, yeah. And then we had all the other ones that were, you know, Claude Duval and all these other uh, producers that were part of that. But the winemaker from um, Stag Sleep Wine Cellar said, "Chris, I don't care what you got in that glass right now. Dump it out because this man brought a bottle of the original wine to the table, and I tasted it. It was still young." Still young, 1973. I mean, why? Yeah. Just like so, you recommend young. for people. We have many friends from yeah. all around the world yeah. tonight with us yeah. to really keep wine, rest wines in their caves or yeah. cellars, yeah. and really give age time. I think that's a really great thing. I think there's, like I said, there's there's uh, missions for all wines. They they all have yeah. different uh, use, but it's really finding these kinds of wines that are that have the structure that can take it and really have those things that will develop together and I think that's why you know when we we talk about Napa Valley Cab we're not just talking about Napa Valley Cab we're talking about pieces put together from what is in this vineyard what's the clone in there what is the is there a little bit of Merlot in there how much um, Petit Verdot is in there how, how much right. of all these kinds of things and it kind of brings me to another good point too here we can talk about this one um, which is quite a fun thing so through the years um, okay let's go through Jean Charles let me just give you a little history of Jean Charles <laughs> well that's uh, dangerous you know um, we might as well drink right uh, yes now. yes we, we went was. through the estate <laughs> yeah that was pretty good so the Deloach wine obviously uh, Pinot Noir Chardonnay from um, from uh, the great Russian River Valley but also the Zinfandel that we're tasting right yeah, now you're gonna tell us about that so because I you think are this really is, so charismatic yeah I'm talking about Zen so maybe everybody, because there's a lot of people from outside of the U.S. who don't yeah. know Zen. Yeah. Maybe give us well, a few let, notes and what OFS. Let, let, let me say this uh, real quick. When I go over to Europe and I, I see great winemakers that know me well, they usually ask me, "Did you bring us some Zinfandel?" And the reason they ask that, it's one thing that they don't really have or wasn't known that they had in Europe. And uh, as we found out through the great uh, Carol Meredith, uh, the great doctor yeah. at uh, UC University of California Davis, where I went to college as well, and I got to learn a lot of things from her, she did DNA testing that found that it is connected completely via DNA to two um, special points. 
in, in Europe. And one of them being in Croatia, and this is a, some older plantings that they found like, you know, it's a very small parcel, but it matched 100% to these old vines that we had here. In because, Croatia. Yeah, in Croatia, and also to the Primitivo grape, which is a, a legendary grape of the lower part of Italy. Like, yeah. it's not Sangiovese, but it is definitely the Primitivo that we're talking about. So these two things were very interesting. But think about this, you guys. How did California become California? Well, it was called the Gold Rush. Uh, that was a huge part of how it really worked. Um, the Gold Rush is how it came here, but we didn't have any indigenous grapes besides the Mission grape, which was kind of uh, displayed and, and brought about uh, because of the missionaries that came up from, from Mexico, what we now call Mexico. Um, and it was all we had. So we had to have a hardy grape that could be tested here. And that grape was Zinfandel. So our, our heritage of Zinfandel goes way back to the, you know, it actually, how it came in, we know now through Boston and outside of Boston, through some greenhouses there um, back in the 1830s and 1840s. Yeah. But how it came here was some of these people that came out, oh, let's go make a lot of money, you know, on, on gold and stuff. And then they started getting in these mines going, you know, this is just not for me. Maybe these people need to drink fine um, alcoholic beverages and maybe they need good food. And so maybe that's what I'm going to do. Maybe I'm going to be a winemaker because that's they look funny. out at this area and they go, this is Napa Valley or that's in that case, this is the Sierra Foothills. The, you're describing the count of Buena Vista. Yeah, they, I From know. The well, let's, rush, let's, let's, let's go there in a minute. But I know we are talking about a legacy that was started. All these things go back to really Zinfandel and especially Napa Valley. I mean, this was really what Napa Valley was. There was no Cabernet here. There was no Pinot Noir in, in Sonoma County. This was old vine, gnarly Zinfandel, yeah. but it was winning awards at, at world um, competitions. Right. And so this is something that we have really been able to make our, our actual signature grape of California. It is actually the state grape. Um, and that's why I really wanted Deloach to be really kind of focused on uh, just because we could talk all we want about their Pinot Noir and I know you do on this show often with good reason but the fact is that Pinot Noir was not in Russian River this was in Russian River That's before right. the turn of last century so we're talking about in the 1880s and you can still find these old vine cuttings and, and plantings in Russian River That's Valley right. and it's fascinating pre-prohibition, which is so I know. fun. This is the case here. So OFS. Yeah, OFS. <laughs> what a great term. That means our finest shit. But don't uh, just say, uh, yeah. But it, that's, I thought it meant out fucking standing. I know, it, it, it means both. Um, so it's got both of those things going on in there. Um, and it, it was a great thing from Cecil DeLoach. And um, if you guys know the story about him, a very interesting man too. This was very common back in the old days. You had firefighters in San Francisco that would get, and just regular people in San Francisco that loved wine, but they wanted to make their own. So they would buy grapes and they would, they would just make them down in their cellars there in San Francisco. And in his case, he was a fireman. And uh, that's you know one of the reasons that he really was like, oh, I love this. I think I'm gonna buy a piece of property up there. He was and already he on the front line. Yeah. In 1973, they really planted the first, you know, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay grapes yeah. there along that part of Olivet Lane, and that's where it is. 
um, you know, and then the Pellegrini family right around that same time too. So we have a lot of legacy there, but these old vines, Zinfandel vines were already there for like a hundred years. So I mean, it's yeah. kind of crazy that, you know, we think that Pinot's so big and it's, uh, you know, everything, but the legacy of Pinot here in, in California really isn't that long. It's not like where you came from, which is called well, Burgundy. Chris, you you're know? the expert of Sonoma at large. Yeah. So what makes, and Napa naturally too, but Sonoma is really your home where you were born. How would you define Sonoma and what makes Sonoma so amazing as well? Because it's cool climate. sometimes it's difficult just to grasp on. It's, it's all cool climate. Uh, we have so many um, sub-zones in Sonoma County. I mean, even in Russian River, there are so many sub-zones. Yeah. Like there's, um, you know, there's, there's the Laguna area and then there's the middle range and then there's all these kinds of areas. But, you know, it kind of depends on how you're going to dress because some it's going to be really windy and you're going to have to have that windbreaker once it hits three o'clock in the afternoon. And some it's going to take a lot longer for that wind and, and the fog to come in there. So where it all kind of went, I give a lot of credit to the Italian uh, families too because there's actually a really great thing where they were the ones that kind of came in right around uh, 1900. To yeah. be really honest, it really wasn't the Italian movement until right around that turn of last last century where they came in they started planting a lot more of the Zinfandel but they also found these little areas where it's not just about that vineyard but they're growing fruit trees they're growing produce they're selling things to San Francisco all about polyculture yeah it's polyculture and I think that's why when you bought um, Deloach and you came in there and you saw what they had done already especially with these kinds of yes. wines you not only did that, but you actually went back to kind of a way of doing it before chemicals and all these things That's were it. there. You went biodynamic, which was That's crazy right. talk back then, especially because he ripped out a vineyard that had just won number one in the wine enthusiast, right? Yeah. Um, or even one, both, wine enthusiast and wine Yeah, and so, you know, that's, I just loved your, you you want to preserve that land That's right. and i feel like that really is a big difference you know as a kid coming over here to napa valley i saw i mean there was tons of fruit trees and and there were prunes and there were pears and there were a lot of walnuts mm -hmm. and all of these things they're not here anymore um we do have them around us they're like lake county and places like that but I think that in Sonoma County, you do find that biodiversity, especially right. of, you know, I, I always say you could take a, a, give me an X-Acto knife and let me cut Sonoma County out from the map and shove us out in the ocean. We'll be fine. Don't worry about us. I mean, we got cows, we got sheep, we got pigs, we got tons of cheeses, we got breads, you know, we got, we got tons of wine, we got everything. Yeah. Plus it would give us twice the amount of coastline and that'd be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just think that, you know, when people come over to, uh, from, especially from Europe and they come to, to visit me, on the other hand, uh, especially winemakers, they go, this is a little Europe, yeah. Chris. And that's what it feels like. And I think that's what really, I mean, Attract you, I remember you telling me, you were looking at where do we buy? Okay, so we're you know a great family from Burgundy, yes. um, and we know our Pinot, we know our Chardonnay, but there are some opportunities here for me. Where do we go? Do we go to Willamette Valley, which is a great um, you know area, and especially as far as agriculture, other than just grapes, or do we come here in California somewhere? What made you make that decision to go to um, Sonoma County of all places? I really felt that cool climate was amazing. I yeah. felt the different temperatures between day yeah. and night. Yeah would be dramatically phenomenal for rich, supple, velvety, and intense Pinot, which we did not necessarily have yeah. 
all year long or all every vintage in burgundy. So I thought it would be a fabulous compliment. And I'm in love of that diversity, as you said, and it's one thing to anchor it on Chardonnay Pinot, but to add as well what California is very well known for, which is Zinfandel. So I think we could have a lot more. I still feel the same today than Oregon. And I really feel the Russian River for me is the place for yeah. phenomenal Chardonnays and Pinot. Well, no other places in America. And getting back to that too, I mean, really, Russian River is really, if you look at the great Pinot Noir growing regions of the, the West Coast, it's the one area where you're yeah. going to find Zinfandel too. With like, so that it was already proven that you could grow. We didn't have the Pinot back then, but what we do have is consistent warm temperature, cool afternoons, and just this kind of nice yeah. fogginess at night, especially when we need it the most. And and I think it's a little bit more consistent, but when you when you have great vintages in Oregon, they're on top of the world. But ours is just super consistent. And we That's can do some we can do some diverse things here too. And I think that I love both. I love Willamette Valley. Give me Willamette Valley anytime, but I love Anderson Valley or go down to Santa Rita Hills or sure. or a Central Coast in general. We just have so many different areas. I think that Sonoma County is a microcosm of all these kinds of areas. And I mean, we can grow great Cabernet and, and Zinfandel and, and other places in Sonoma County sure. too. But I think that, you know, it kind of really does go back to a heritage that we were going to talk about. And that is, you know, of course, the Buena Vista. Well, before we yeah. go there, what Jelly Valley would you pair it with? See, this is... Uh, tell us, tell us. This, this is, it tastes like, or it even smells like red licorice. But I think it needs a little bit more dark. I think yeah. it, if we could make one out of allspice, um, <laughs> just like allspice with a little bit of cloviness, a little bit of licorice-y kind of characteristics too, I would love that if we could create one in they can be created uh, by the way these kinds of flavor profiles but there's a little chocolatiness to it too and yeah. you know is that dark chocolate and it's a little bit bitter and that's why we have this with such great you know a uh, rack of lamb but then we can do ribs with mm. it and especially that kind of sweet and sour sauce yeah. you know or almost uh you know korean barbecue you know with that kind of sustenance you know and i just think that that's really what i think about with zinfandel it gives you a lot of abilities to do a lot of different things i just wrote a great story for the zinfandel advocates and producers which i know you support 100 yeah, sure. percent, and so do i um, which was done on uh, mendocino and and some really interesting stuff up on the mendocino ridge and the talmage bench that they asked me to write and you know zinfandel just who knows how much I would be in love with Zinfandel if, if I didn't taste Deloach when I was younger, you That's know? Right. And and I think well, that... Well, pre-prohibition vines. Yeah, I know. 1880s, 1886, 1889. This is, I know, isn't that amazing? Well, I'm going to let you finish because I know you could finish a glass. Yes. Quite with talent. But, Chris, as we go back through your education, you went to UC Davis. Correct. And not many sums of your level had yeah. such an in-depth study. You could have done winemaking. Yeah. And you decided to do so many well, journalism. Well, I, you know, it's kind of a funny story because I went the other way around, and that is where I started as a writer. Yes. Um, and that's where I was at UC Davis. I wanted to be the music critic of, of the Bay Area. And I was really? the music critic at UC Davis. And, you know, if I was in a limo with Beck or, or I was reviewing the Pixies or Smashing Pumpkins or whoever it was, college-oriented music that was like smashing everyone and just going oh my god who is so this cool. band and 
I needed some extra credit, so they made me Mr. Science Guy too. And so I had to start writing about these uh, these stories about you know very interesting things at University of California Davis. If you go back to the history of Davis, Berkeley was the first wine school, like where really you were learning uh, UC um, Berkeley. But yeah. the thing was, they needed to diversify. Berkeley itself was actually the town, the city was building out, and so they needed to send the agricultural. Uh, legs somewhere else and that's how it kind of worked and I got lucky I not knowing that this was the viticulture capital of California that that UC Davis was where you know 80% of the winemakers that we know in Napa and Sonoma and, and even around the world, around the world. Um, yeah. I go to UC Davis and so this is how I fell in love with it I, I liked wine and I worked for a great um, you know catering company that did all the top places in in San Francisco as well as Buena Vista and these great dinners that I would do there working with Joel Peterson and from Ravenswood and all these kinds of things and a Hanzel and and how I got to be with Mikhail Gorbachev because of that relationship because I was a, a you know very See, well known for my service. Wine takes you everywhere yeah. but now if you had to define this wine yeah. with music would it be the Smashing Pumpkin? Ooh. Who would that be? No, because I think you're, this, you're music encyclopedia you know, as yeah, well. Yeah, well, you know, I, I might go a little white stripes on this one because uh, to be really honest, if you guys saw Saturday Night Live recently, his, his, uh, he, he was smashingly good. And, and if, yeah. you know, uh, to be really honest, for my bachelor party, I actually had friends take me to um, the white stripes thing. And I, I just think it's so rich <laughs> and deep and... You're just kind of, you don't even know why you're throwing your hand in the air, but you are because it's just moving you. And I feel that this is one of those kinds of wines that can move you. you know, it's well, it's true. Our yeah. hands are in the air. <laughs> but, you know, so I became the writer first. You know, I started mm -hmm. with Wine X Magazine, then I went to San Francisco Chronicle where Michael Bauer was my boss and yeah. started writing for all these other publications like um, a Wine Business Monthly. Vineyard and Winery Management. Um, then I started doing stuff for AAA and and you know airline magazines and um, you know now I do so much for Napa Life and I've done some great stories on you and and uh, Diablo and Magazine, Journal, Sommelier and... Journal, of course. And we we're going to talk about that in a minute because the Sommelier Journal and especially working with Meredith May for 19 plus years. Yeah. You know, from when she was Pat Patterson's beverage journal, and she know, was on our show as yeah, you saw yeah, last week. Yeah, so, and she was incredible. Of course. Yeah, she's my uh, she's my super friend, and uh, just you know, I, I love her as a friend. I love her as a as a great publisher, um, and she's really you know she, when she says you know Chris, we're going to do a story with Jean Charles. Can you please do that? And I always go, of course. <laughs> because I'm always learning and you're always learning and well, I think that's from you we are well you know I think that if you if you get into this industry and you think you know everything you're just wrong <laughs> you just you will never know enough because things change and every vintage is different and and what's trending now is, is very but this is amazing now. because your path allows many of us who are thinking maybe to change their path of life their mission their vision of yep. where they think they can go you started really from music to yep. journalism, to writing, all the way to wine. And wine became your life. And today, yep. you flourish into the world of wine, and the world of wine 
benefit so much of you and your talent. This yeah. is very exciting. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I love sharing this with so many people. You know, when I was at the Lodge at Sonoma, we got to celebrate the 150 year yeah. anniversary of Buena Vista Winery, which is the oldest in California. You know, you, and then a mile down the road from you is Gunlock Bunchy, which yes. was a year later. That's so right. 1857 and 1858, right there in Sonoma. I mean, you know, there was obviously an old winery that was the first in, in the LA area where the, basically the skyscrapers are. There was actually a, a lot of wine down there in the old days, you guys. And it really kind of came up here. And I think that really Buena Vista made such a difference in my life and really working those gigs, you know, yes. as we call them the gigs, um, you know, it, it, with the great catering company, Wild Time, that I used to work for, I feel like that's really what changed my life and working with Buena Vista wines and getting in, just feeling the feel of yes. what it was like back then and understanding that we're the next step, you know, and the progression of California wines. And I feel like we're really, we've done a lot. Um, and where do you see us going in California? I can, I mean, hey, listen. Burgundy has how many years of, of experience of working with Chardonnay and yes. Pinot Noir and they know their soils so well there. Guess what? California or, or Sonoma County it, by itself has more types of soil right here than the whole country of France. That's right. So what? where are we going and where, what, what, have we, what have we done so far is great. Mm -hmm. But, you know maturity of vines makes a difference and and so these vines are growing we know it because of the zinfandel zinfandel vines are still alive they've outlived like three generations of people in That's some right. cases whereas you know where we have the potential with pinot noir and chardonnay and you know, pinot meunier and making great sparkling wines and and uh, i mean new things like um vermentino you know and and rhone varietals and all and these kinds grenache of things. being back yeah grenache blanc too and i mean all these things we are we're still in a playground right now and kind of developing our skills yeah. in working with this but i think everyone has gotten so much better i mean being a, a main judge of so many wine competitions you know i, I wore my great uh concours mandil i see uh, that which is the second largest we've got to zoom on that dylan because this is a big deal yeah this is one that Concours I could've... mondial I could not be there this year. Uh, we were going to be judging in the um, Czech Republic this year. Yeah, and uh, last year we were in Switzerland. We will be hopefully in China next year. But, um, you know, these are the kinds of things. Judging these wines with 350 other judges. There's 11 of us from the United States, but every country is represented. And judging with Russia and Hungary and Portugal and Italy and, and all these kind of great... Um, producers but you know bringing my knowledge of american wines but also my knowledge of great burgundy and and bordeaux and italian you know um uh, varieties as well um and german rieslings and everything just being there and doing it on the fly it's it's my my knowledge i'm just sharing it you know and, and I think what that inspires you chris because you are you are knowledge machine which i love is and you'll mention all the names of, from your podcast to your yeah. live the sessions. The Varietal Show. Don't forget to watch The Varietal Show. That's my new show. But, you know, very cool. I, I think that, friends. you know, to be really honest, it's just really sharing this. And I mean, I can't believe yes. I know this much. I mean, to be really honest, yeah. you guys, 
I don't have any idea how I can retain this amount of knowledge um, because it's just this love for wine and finding out new things and, and really having great friends yeah. like you and, and and great chef friends and, right. and actually learning the little tidbits about this and that from great winemakers like Stephanie yeah. or Brian who work yeah. with you for sure. and you know and just I think that this is a very interesting time in all of our lives because we do have opportunities to watch shows like this which we didn't really have before and I think this is really moving in a direction like that even though we're kind of we don't really have many choices right now and we want you here in, in wine country with us as much as possible but we also want you guys to stick around for a long time so that's why we have to be cautious but provide you with these kinds of opportunities to learn about what's going so on so what here. inspires you is learning it is it what is, else 100%. you think yet chris you haven't done that you wish to share you want to do as well well i think more more stuff with spirits and and uh you know you and yeah. i have done some great stuff with For the sure. jcb the vodka guy, and, and uh you know but i think that there's other things too and i mean it's 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 the travel parts and things yeah. about where are the next steps for everyone to go to? I mean, you can come here to Napa Valley in, in Sonoma County anytime. We, we want you to, but right, right now, a little cautious about that. But the, the fact is, I mean, you've taught me about India and mm -hmm. you, you know, and going to Burgundy and the things that you and me have and, and other great Psalms who have really learned with uh, Jean-Charles about um, Chablis and the region where you grew up and, yeah. you know, Bon. You know, right. and just being able to go through vintages so and, old and, and new territories. Old so new, for you, absolutely. it's constantly learning. That's absolutely. What I like. Well, dear friends, Chris won sommelier of Raymond, one of the first ever. Chris, explain us the yeah. experience because so, you you are the one. So I want to say this: um, one of the great things that we did earlier this year, before everything kind of went uh, kind of awry. Uh, was that we had the 10-year anniversary of the sommelier series at Raymond. Um, so this is a great um, program that uh, Jean-Charles and the great Boisset family put together. And it was bringing sommeliers from across the United States together here, um, having a great time, learning a lot about Boisset and the, the wines of, of here at Raymond and also at, at, you know in Deloach and everything but then doing something a little bit uh, competitive, That's we should right. say. And that is making our own wine against each other. So there are teams of two against each other. Fighting, fighting. fighting. Just like those guys from Pittsburgh, they were going down and, and you know, uh, New York, now nah, they're talking a lot of trash, but we're gonna <gasps> win them, you know? And so we had to get real about it. And so I'm glad to say that um, my team won the 2012 vintage. They this were in 2014 that my team won this award. Um, and this, earlier this year, the 10 year anniversary of this, we all came back and fought against each other. We came in second in the one this again. year. Again, yes! No, no, not again. We won the first The one. first, well, but, you were I still think first that ours again. was better, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I think that it's just a great thing to bring great sommeliers together, to meet each other. And to have parameters. Yeah. So price points, regions, blends. So it's not just blending freely from every vineyard. Yeah. It's really having 
you know, variables in the equation yeah. that forces you to hit a price point, yeah. which would be a great one by the way. And, and to be really honest, I mean, some of the, the you know, your, your great chefs and Raphael and everyone that you work Thank with you. Are, are so great. And, you know, I think that one of the great ones was the Chablis tasting that we did from your brands coming in from uh, Burgundy. And I, I, I was going to say, um, you know, Patrick and I were talking about this amazing soup and it's um, it really is one of those um, artichoke kinds of soups but it's really that kind of Jerusalem artichoke and it was so good and I, I started thinking about winter time because this was kind of I think this was back in February yeah. when we have this kind of time that's coming upon us right now with the holidays and we're getting into kind of deeper foods and let me just say this you guys we've all got some situations going on this year and into next year as well where we're becoming our own chefs now aren't we because we aren't going to well you've always been a great one yeah, but we're not going to restaurants as much and i think that these heartier foods and what we're going to be learning now going into this winter or winter conditions here we're going to be making some soups that are hearty and wonderful that we've never made before at home so these are the kinds of things where this kind of information about fabulous wines that work with types of food, especially slow cooked foods, and uh, using some things when you go down to just the farmer's market right. or you go, it takes some chances out there, especially with the food, but do it also with some wines that you might not have known or liked before and go back and see how they match up with food. So you're becoming your own sommelier at home, which is an awesome experience. And you also, when you when you kind of buy these kinds of wines that we're talking about here, you can tell the story that we just told you to your friends um, and your, your close family that you do get to hang out with, especially over these next few months that are going to be really interesting, yeah, to say the least. Um, hopefully... We may you, do Zoom Thanksgiving. Yeah, Why who not? knows? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm very proud of this um, bottle of wine. I brought this out of my own cellar for you guys to see that I won this award. Etched uh, and etched. gorgeous. So, so good. now, Chris. So good. few more questions, yes. but a very important one. Yes. With all your phenomenal achievements from music to wine to writing to journalism to books to television to wine shows to judging, all of that, yep. what is your next dream? Um, you know, it's just to keep kind of doing this kind of stuff because yeah. to be really honest, um, talking to people, when I was at the Lodge at Sonoma, I was there for a decade and we got written up in every magazine there was and yeah. Chef Janine Falvo became, she went on Top Chef and I got to work with her for six years. But I also got to teach people live and just be there with them. And so I think that really my show, the varietal show and doing more things yes. with you and having this fun and sharing information on a larger scale like this it's great when you read articles but you know i i you know where are these articles going now That's i mean right. there's so much and there's so many blogs and there's so many things but when they see you and i talking about this and our passion like like legitimate passion when i did 500 can plus, you feel our passion can you feel it yes uh, is it there <laughs> uh, but you know when you when you really get it and you understand like we're we're really happy and we're yeah. really we want to make other people happy and we want to get you guys involved in this especially exploring these kinds of amazing wines that you know are produced by the Boisset collect or part of the Boisset collection and the imports that you bring in but also you know, Napa Valley wines. and everybody's wines. I mean, we, that's the thing is you and I share our love. Yes. You know, like we share it with so many people. And I, I want to say one thing on behalf of Sonoma County and Napa Valley. Just 
we're so happy to have you. I mean, I, I mean, I've been following well, you for so forever. I'll drink but, to that. But, it, but this energy is real. You know, he does not screw around. He brings it. And you know, to be really honest, we did our great uh, harvest fair um, competition, and you did an amazing thing by hosting us at Buena Vista Winery. This is back in mid September. This was a competition that we do in Sonoma County. Believe me, this is not easy task anymore, you guys. So like we have like little um, sneeze blockers and plastic things in front of us, and we have to back off from the table when we're done with that, and we dump out our glasses and we put them over there. We got to be, you know, as specific as yeah. possible. We cannot screw around with, uh, you know, this virus, and we can't we can't be spreaders. Um, there's no way. But we have to keep tasting these wines. And what you did for us and our little tables where yes. we are sp spaced away from each other, but we got to taste some amazing food and wine uh, that and night. And be together. And, 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 so but you're, you know, your, your passion right there in front of the winery and just for the other people that aren't as, a, you know, you and I are attached. We, we, we see each other a lot more than yeah. the, the, some of these other judges. But for them to see your energy, Thank you. you know, and to be there and hear your words and I feel like that's the same thing for me. I want to be that sharer just like he is. And, and you are amazing at it. So, yeah. Chris, maybe last, last message to last everyone. Message. Yeah. You know, it's a, an unusual year, you've said it, but you're doing so many great things. Yeah. What advice, recommendations, suggestions? We're coming towards the end of 2020. Yeah. Soon on the new year. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. So what message do you have for everybody around the world? Try things you haven't tried before. Um, be adventurous. Um, you know, we are, um, we can't run around to the world. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to be in Italy right now. I'd like to be in, in Paris. I'd love to be all these places, but we can bring it to yeah. us too. And I think that really exploring what you've always wanted to explore, you know, sometimes when we don't go out to dinner, you know, we pay bills for dinner, a uh, really great dinner, but you have that money now to really kind of bring home and try some wines that, you know, like just put it into a, a bottle of wine that you can really enjoy and not be rushed on. And I think that sometimes those are the kinds of things that are really important. Maybe you're not gonna finish that whole bottle that night. Maybe it's just you and your wife, or maybe your your, your child is coming up in age, you know, uh, you know, and that 21 just hit, and, and but you wanna share some things about why wine meant so much to you this is a great time to do that i mean i've got a son that's 11 years old he'll take a little dollop dad that's a nice um rosé you know that's a good thing because when he gets to that age he'll understand that there are differences between these kinds of um, varieties and and how wine is made yes. in general and it's not just here in you know northern california it's all over the world so trying things that you haven't tried and in food types i mean my son knowing sushi i mean come on you guys did you know sushi when you were a kid i mean come <laughs> on i didn't you know and these kinds of things um you know, uh, different types of, uh, you know, uh, melons that pop up in the market that are new, you know, like you've never even heard of this melon. Why not try it? Yeah. You know, and why not try some of these crazy pairings at home? I, it's my job to make sure at my restaurants that I work with and my people that I consult for uh, to make sure that it's 100% like going to be boom, 100% genius pairing. But you can do the same thing at home too. And I think that this is a great opportunity to really try that. 
And when you do, when, you know, the guard does uh, fall down a little bit, and you can come back to, you know, these kinds of great wine growing regions, you can really explore even more of the people that really produce these great grapes or wines with these great grapes and just to have fun. And, you know, it's, I think our job, you and me, we just love having fun with wine. I love that. There is no doubt about that. And we're good at it. Um, that, and especially together. <laughs> Dear friends, the sound. Be adventurous, as Chris said. Be audacious. Audacious. Get to try, get to experience, get to go into places you've never been before. Exactly. In your mind, bring the journey, bring the travel to your own family table. I love this. Chris, Cheers. as always, thank you immensely. Indeed. Dear friends, make sure you watch the show, Varietal. The, the Varietal Show, like the Variety Show, but the Varietal Show. Make sure you dial in. Sawyersom.com. Cheers. Cheers. Wink.